Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick. Michael Hamlet still enjoying a well-earned week off. And Sidge, uh, no pressure, not much to live up to on this week's Rampage. I can't quite believe it's only a week since CM Punk debuted in AEW. Christ almighty, I. It still doesn't feel real. We've talked about this at length. It just feels surreal seeing him in that ring. Unfortunately, the hype that it generated was not capitalised upon whatsoever. So it just feels a little bit... I don't know, I feel a little bit downbeat about AEW, yeah. but that's always going to happen after an AEW Dynamite. But you expect, right, okay, they've got a pay-per-view in like three weeks or whatever it was when mm. Ram, mm. when the Rampage CM Punk debuted. So you thought, right, they've got Punk, they're going to set up the match with Allen, they're going to really go hell for leather in terms of setting up the angles with grey promos and all the rest of it. And this all-out card, if it wasn't for Punk coming in, would look like possibly the worst lineup on paper so far. Mm. And this week's Dynamite did so little to advance something that... I think they'll be great on the night. I think certain specific matches will be different and fantastic, but it, without the punk, the punk feeling has replaced the feeling of AEW's like incredible pay-per-view builds. And it, I don't want to say they're being lazy or if they're being maybe cautious is the word. This is not a lazy company, but they're just being a little bit too happy with the fact that they've signed CM Punk and they are neglecting to do everything that makes you happy about CM Punk in AEW. That's the difference. I'm happy that CM Punk's in wrestling, but I want to see him in this white hot company. It didn't feel like that at all this week. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a surreal episode of, of Rampage tonight because there's big things happening. Like you say, we are a week and a bit away from uh, AEW All Out, so there's the build to get to that, and there's a major match on that tonight uh, that will set up the, the tag team title match. But it does feel like. They are leaning heavily on CM Punk being on the pay per view as opposed to, like you say, building. I mean, there's still, I mean, Christian Cage, Kenny Omega build's been, been, been great. Yeah. But yeah. It doesn't feel like 
aside from a couple of matches, must see, which is a, a rarity to say that for AW pay-per-views, especially considering there's only four a year, of course. Yeah, absolutely. The the premium feeling of them just doing like the four per year, more often than not, I would say virtually every single time, mm. um, even if the pay-per-views themselves weren't fantastic. They've had a few ones where they've been more uneven. But yeah, like I love the feeling of their ability to map out these storylines leading to the pay-per-views, and usually the last two or three weeks feel like this incredible, I can't think of anything else because I'm a mark. I, at the same time, want this to happen, but at the same time, I'm enjoying the build and the anticipation so much that I don't want it to happen just yet. That wonderful feeling of, I need this to happen. Not yet, though, because I'm really enjoying the ride. I haven't really felt much of that, if I'm being honest. I suppose in AEW's defence... They, oh, you know, the Hangman Page stuff, even not mentioning that, we were anticipating him being on there and him having a kid, obviously, sort of put pay to all that. Your other thing is they had, you know, Road Rage, your Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen, and then they it was like, right, crowds are back as well in amongst all that. So they did burn through quite a lot. So it's almost excusable that they can have an off week. And as we said on the review yesterday, an off week for them was still good in parts. Yeah, it was still good in parts, but the more I think about it, the more I hate it, and the more I think it was a colossally dumb idea. I It was so misguided that I can't believe the same company that convinced CM Punk to come because it was so white-hot and so good and executed that debut in the marketing campaign. I can't believe it's the same company that produced this week's Dynamite. Mm. I honestly can't. It just feels like... How the hell have you been so dumb to get that many boring people on that card? <laughs> that many boring people or unknowns? Yeah. Or like, I don't want to say that Billy Gunn's boring or whatever, but like, I don't need to see him on a dynamite. I don't. I think he's obviously a very respected coach. And I understand that there's a link between him and Paul White and Shivani and Cody and all the rest of it, but still just boring stuff like. I don't think I've ever made a one-sentence review of an AEW match, even a squash. And I was just like, QT Marshall, Taunt's Big Show, roll up, one, two, three, thanks for coming, everyone. That was literally all that happened. Whack. It was whack. We'll we'll get into what's to look forward to tonight, but let's deal with the, the elephant in the room, and that is the rating, of course. Uh, they did a 1.129 million viewership for Rampage last week, a 0.53 rating, which was the really... Uh, astonishing aspect of it all. Obviously, going over a million was incredible as well. Uh, as an idiot, uh, WWE Mutant, I thought they'd do over two million. So I've got to say, they must be really disappointed with that. But just to recap, what an incredible number that was for Friday at 10 p.m. Uh, on a channel smaller than SmackDown, for example. Um, and how does that get followed up on tonight, do you think? I mean, there's no pom- promise of CM Punk's appearance, obviously, and we know this is a tape show, so that should balance things out. Yeah, the tape thing won't matter. There's been loads of historical data that suggests that whether it's taped or live, if you build it, it will come, if you like to hmm. quote Wayne's World 2, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, parodying something else. I can't remember what. Field of Dreams, I think. Ah, right, okay. So the idea is that if you've got a show that people want to see, irrespective of whether it's taped and some of the spoilers are out there, people are going to want to watch it regardless. Sometimes spoilers help. Hmm. From my personal point of view, and this is just my personal point of view, but as I said, historically, like a show being taped doesn't really impact the ratings one way or the other at all. But for my POV, I've not had the results spoiled, but a lot of people, very respectfully, might I add, and this feeds into another point, a lot of people 
of being raving about this Lucha Bros Jurassic Express match. Raving about it. And I was always going to watch the show anyway, because I'm a fan of the product and I review it on a Monday. But it just makes me way more hyped. I didn't think it was going to be bad. I thought it was going to be really good. But people are saying, like, four-star plus. So, yes, I obviously want to watch the match because of the word of mouth that this great show was generated. However, the first being the premiere and having a big title match and having a big star like Britt Baker in the main event, that overperformed on expectations. The CM Punk debut rampage wildly overperformed on expectations. What we're going to arrive at now, in my opinion, in my projection, is a show that meets expectations, mm. which are far more modest compared to Wednesday night, given the fact that so Fridays are a social night, 10 o'clock is like not the best time slot. I think it's going to get something in the area of 600,000, mm-hmm. 0.3 in the demo, which is going to be something that TNT will be delighted with, but because of the steep decline from CM Punk, it's going to feel, it's going to be weaponized as a disappointment when even though I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to settle between five and 700,000 most weeks. I, agree, I think yeah. we're going to go bang in the middle this week. It's going to be considered a disappointment by idiots, but happily, their opinions don't count. It's all about TNT, and they'll be delighted with this number. Quick word on spoilers before we get to this card. Like, it's been big discussion, of course, about that with people getting kicked out of the NXT uh, tapings and what have you. Is it just a case of getting journalists to sign NDAs or getting the audience to sign uh, non-disclosure agreements? Or... Is there some balance you have to strike? Because obviously they, they will put signs up saying, you know, please don't tweet spoilers or anything like that. And there's only a certain, you know, things you can do to stop that. And some stuff's probably always going to get out. But I don't know. It's, I've, I've gone back and forth on this over this week. It's do a good show and you won't have to worry. If the spoilers indicate, oh, there's going to be an absolutely ace tag team match on this show, whether it's AEW or NXT, people go, oh, Christ. I, I'll go for that. If you do a show that you look at the results and think, oh, there's some questionable directions there, and I'm not hearing, like, word of mouth raves about this match, I mean, I'll check it out. But, like, historically, taped shows perform equally well as live shows. I understand why promotions would want to run live, because you get ticket sales, and there's a feeling that it's, like, more unmissable. You don't know what's going to happen. But equally, if something that does happen is touted as incredible. I think they're both equal draws. The objective data stands up against that take. Like You watch Dynamite thinking anything can happen. You watch a taped Rampage going, something brilliant has happened. For me, those are equally incentives to watch a show. Basically, NXT never used to do this until everyone turned on the product and it's become irrelevant. Um, So I think their thought process is vindictive. I think they are well aware that the show's cold, that they've lost it, and people are going to look at the results and think, yeah. But at the same time, it hasn't really affected the ratings, so I don't know where they're coming from, to be perfectly honest. Maybe a defensive point of view, Mm. one that doesn't hold up against what actually happens when taped shows are broadcast on telly. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, let's get into tonight's card. What match do you think is going to open the show tonight? I expect the tag team match to open. Jungle Boy does well in his quarter hours, but Kenny Omega is the biggest draw on the card. Um, it's got title ramifications. Well, all-out ramifications, if you like. The idea is they want to... They'll probably do the WWE thing, talk about momentum if Kenny or, um, if Kenny or Christian pin one another. I don't think that's the way it's going to go. But I think that'll main event... And I think the work rate opener between Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express will start it because, again, I've said this before, even though I consider him a main event level talent, he's clearly one of the very best in the world. This is no slight on him, given what I've literally just said, but Phoenix has got to be the best prelim guy ever. Yes. At least in years and years. I cannot fathom someone who might be inclined to watch wrestling enough to actually turn the channel over and watch it and just watch what he does and not just get blown away yeah it's very much i completely agree it's very much a case of we've talked before about this time slot if you're sat there going, oh, i'm a bit tired i'll just i'll see what they're starting off with it's oh it jolts you out of your yeah. seat and and I, I, I like you say i can't imagine someone you know seeing what what ray phoenix can do and especially working across from from luchasaurus and jungle boy and let's not forget penner in all this as well seeing that and as it goes to break going like, it's going to be a brilliant match. Who do you think wins? We, we, I mean, it's incredibly tough to call this the uh, the tag team eliminator final. The winners, of course, go on to face the Young Bucks at All Out in a steel cage match. And we've discussed this before, but both teams have got a story. Lucha Bros are way overdue a title shot, and there's all the stuff with Pac and Andrade going on in the background. And you mentioned this when Jurassic Express lost their title match with the Young Bucks, that a steel cage stops all the shenanigans that prevented them in the first place. Yeah, they did a really, I would call it an art rock, not masterful, because masterful is a word that you should reserve for something like Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. But they've done a tremendous job of casting doubt over this outcome. As you've just mentioned, they decided, Tony Khan decided to do the cage match because the interference was just totally out of control. That's a great storyline itself. That's why you do a cage match. We haven't seen a tag team cage match yet. Um, but that interference specifically came at the expense of Jungle Boy and Luch Luchasaurus, who should feel aggrieved. And maybe that points towards, well, they couldn't get it done against Lucha Bros, uh, against Jurassic Express without cheating. So it's all the fairer if they get their chance to do it in the cage. So that makes sense to put them in the final, considering that the stipulation was created on the back of Jurassic Express getting screwed. But at the same time, there's ramifications with Lucha Bros as well. Realistically, it's going to be a better match. Phoenix and Matt, Nick Jackson are going to be wrestling together in it, and everything they do is just unbelievable. <laughs> it's a win-based company. Um, Lucha Brothers have a great winning record, as do Jurassic Express, which is another reason why this is really, really strong. But AEW, as we know, Willborn, 
It really likes to do deft mm. dovetailing booking. And I think there is some scope here for some deft dovetailing booking. If, in fact, Andrade beats Pac, that will cause the Lucha Brothers to question their former leader. If, in fact, they go to All Out and lose against the Young Bucks, they can, in storyline, this can be spun as something like, well, we're not getting directed or getting led well enough. This Death Triangle thing hasn't worked out for us. We're losing matches. We're not winning championships. Maybe Andrade, who is now a winner in canon, having gone 2-0, one of those victories in theories against one of the best wrestlers on the roster. Maybe their heads will be turned and think, if we want to win matches and championships, we're better aligned with Andrade. So those two separate developments are all out. If, in fact, they happen, Bucks go over Lucha Bros. Andrade goes over. uh, Pac can form a new stable between Andrade, Phoenix, and Penta. That is the direction I can see. Mm. So I'm tipping Lucha Bros to win this with the end of Death Triangle inside, which is a shame because, Christ almighty, if you're going to do a trios title Mm. right when Death Triangle are finished, that would be a shame. And as there's still the jury's out on whether Andrade can fully deputize for Pac as a worker in that trio. But that's the way I see it unfolding. Yeah, i got to agree. I think Lucha Bros are probably winning this one. I have no problem with Jurassic Express, like you say, winning and, and having a rematch. But I feel like, as we alluded to with that all-out card, it just adds a little bit of extra spice. People, are, you know, open up their wallets because they want to see CM Punk wrestle for the first time in seven and a half or whatever it is, years. Uh, but you want just a few extra bits and there's this matches that people maybe are sleeping on and there's things like this that would be like, wait a second, the flippy, you know, dudes and the Lucha Bros in a cage with the titles on the line and all you said, the ramifications with, with Pac and Andrade, I've got to agree that I think that just all goes very nicely together and Jurassic Express will get another title shot down the road and you can stick that match up if you want or you can ban people from ringside or whatever it is. Uh, either way, like you say, I'm not surprised. We neither of us have looked at the spoilers, but I'm not surprised that people are buzzing about this match because, yeah, I think when the moment from the moment they announced the tournament, we were like, "Well, that's nice for Private Party and Varsity Blondes. They'll have a lovely semi-final." Yeah. Uh, but these two are going to be in the final and doing all the the eye catching stuff, and that's exactly what's going to happen tonight. Uh, Take Conti and the Bunny uh, go head to head ahead, of course, of the facing off in that Casino Battle Royale at All Out. I assume that's going to be informed by this match, basically. Yeah, absolutely. It's just basically an advert. We're doing a Casino Battle Royale with loads of uh, the women involved. Here's a match to remind you of that with the most basic pretext imaginable. An interrupted promo, an invitation to join the stable. Like, these are two pretty worn AEW tropes at this point. I understand and love the device of stable-based storytelling. This is the least interesting version of it. Come and join the stable. No, okay, let's fight. I mean, it all makes sense. It's all very basic. But I'm not going to complain too much about it because I've advocated for Ty Conti to be on television way more than she has. We know what happened. She had a mini push. She was the contender of the week a few months ago. She had the match with Shida. It was excellent. Her individual performances on the way were excellent, really promising as well. And then all the momentum she had was squandered because there's a tokenistic element to this women's division. That sucks. The fact that she's back doesn't suck. I think this match should be canny enough. They've had one before, actually. And I remember it being quite good. Was that like a number one contenders match or something? Yeah, I think it was part of the initial yeah. um, big push or the, the contender of the week deal with Conti. So this should be good. 
Um, I just want to see Conti on my TV more. That is getting delivered to me tonight, so I can't really complain. But then, can't complain. That's like usually <laughs> some knacker reporter on the internet. Oh, so next had some good matches. It's a bit boring. Can't complain. Nine point <laughs> five out of ten. Is it, or, or is it a six? I just think it's a shame that AEW got to rely on more WWE talent. And that's all in this match. I'm joking, of course. A quick, quick thought on this as you were talking there. What's the situation with Anna J? I don't know. She's been teasing a comeback, but she's I was been... thinking here in terms of like. Bunny, no, sorry, take on, he wins. HFO come in, beat her down. Maybe Anna J makes a big return because we, we were working out if they've got enough people for this casino battle royal. Yeah, I don't know. I can't even recall when she was injured, Anna J. Was it last year, early this year? Google it now whilst you're talking. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you on that one. I mean, she's been subtly teasing our return on social media. So who knows? Last wrestled on January the 6th. And what was the nature of the injury? Uh, oh, she got injured in February, shoulder injury whilst training. And all I can see here is teases a return, basically. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I don't even know why I'm no. filibustering here. I've got no idea. <laughs> um, hopefully she can return. She was another. Ex- she had the exact same trajectory as Ty Conti. Like, really inexperienced. She was vastly more inexperienced than Conti. Rapid degree of improvement, because Dustin Rhodes is better than the performance center. <laughs> and then... Because she was, they were actually doing things with her, like on a more consistent level than they've done with Conti, but then she got the injury. Um, hopefully she's the same performer or she can recover. Hopefully she's been studying tape because uh, she also showed a lot of promise. So they could potentially run some angle. Yeah. Uh, right, let's move on to the main event. Kenny Omega and Brandon Cutler versus Christian Cage and the elite hunter Frankie Kazarian. Just more intrigue heading towards a really exciting title match that we've turned turned the corner on, really. Yeah, I love how this kind of match is consistent with the, the tone of the story that they've been trying to tell. As I mentioned on the Dynamite Review podcast, they haven't tried to patronise you. They haven't taken the boring route of, can Christian come back after seven years and inspire people and win the title as he still got it and all this edge crap. <laughs> they've just decided, oh, let's just do it really entertaining because there's a great like dynamic of characters here where you've got Don Callis, totally hammy, who plays wonderfully against Christian Cage's deadpan. The same thing goes for Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. I've said before, their move sets are so complimentary. They're both masters at the penetration step, at the spear and the V-trigger, the uh, the unprettier and the one-winged angel. Like They just, as characters and pro wrestlers, mesh together wonderfully. This has been a really funny story. I expect this to be a continuation of that. Cutler's not in there just to eat a pin, yeah. even though he inevitably will. Like, there's four very funny and very different types of comedy characters, if you like, in this ring, which seems counterintuitive to the fact that they're building a world title match on pay-per-view, but it just works, and I won't have it otherwise. Brandon Cutler is a total goof. Like, a total goof with the spraying, he sprays himself in the eyes, he takes these ridiculous tumbles. So do you watch, actually, it was on Dark a couple of weeks ago, Cutler versus Kazarian? I saw the finish, I think, to that. I think that that, that got enough cult love on Twitter that they decided, you know what, we'll run some of those spots back and fold it into an Omega versus Christian uh, build-up match. And I think this should be class. Like, Brandon Cutler getting told by his boss, effectively, Kenny Omega, get, get in that ring, get in that ring. And he's going to go, like, no. Because look at Kazarian. Kazarian's quite a witty wrestler as well. He's like brutal but funny with it, mm. like physical comedy. Um, and I think that 
Brandon Cutler will be trying to tag an Omega, like flailing frantically, taking these ridiculous bumps from virtually nothing, the Mm. threat of Kazarian doing a move. Kenny Omega, he can play dumb very well. He can just go, ah, you didn't make it in time. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he can build on that. That'll get the crowd into it. And then Christian Cage can, like, make it a little bit more serious when Kenny Omega maybe accidentally tags in. There's going to be scope for a lot of comedy here. This match probably is going to piss people off building a world title pro- program with, like, really entertaining wrestling. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> well, why not? Don't be lame. Don't be a dork. Enjoy entertaining wrestling. That's what it's all about. It's North American wrestling television. If you don't want to be entertained, literally go and watch Davey Richards. He's awesome at wrestling, and his philosophy is wrestling isn't entertaining. You should be so good at wrestling that the byproduct is entertainment. Mm. Like, he's so good at being serious is Davey Richards. His philosophy is you don't need the spectacle. You don't need fireworks. All the people who are going to complain about this, Davey Richards is in the midst of a indie comeback that is class. Mm. So seriously, don't watch this in bad faith in a, an attempt to defend WWE. Go watch Davey Richards. It really is that straightforward, and I completely agree. Brandon Cutler is in there to eat the fall, but also, yeah, don't also don't sleep on, on what he can achieve in terms of selling the threat of these two, the physical comedy stuff as well. And again, on, in the bigger picture, another victory perhaps for Christian Cage. Oh, over Kenny Omega, but yeah. not over Kenny Omega, and heading towards all out the, the infamous momentum just rolling on and on for him. But yes, uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling for daily wrestling podcasts. Um, I don't know when the Rampage review is going to be coming out. We've got a bank holiday. We've got a three-day weekend here in the UK. But it will be out some point next week. Uh, But for now, this has been the AW Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.